Close your eyes. Imagine your favorite bar. Envision a perfect drink in your hand. You're sitting alone until a friendly stranger sits next to you and with a wink raises their glass to you. Over the course of the next hour, you chat, laugh, and drink in their story before parting ways with a smile on your face. This is a toast and a tale. Hello and welcome to A Toast and a Tale. I'm your host, Marissa Rothermel, here with my good friend Rachel Little tonight. And she's setting a new precedent for uh, everyone that comes after her because this is our first guest that brought notes. Rachel, <laughs> hi. Tell me more hi. about your notes. <laughs> I guess I'm too much of a planner. I like to like review the questions and see what's going on and kind of know where I'm going going to go with my storyline. Wow. It can go so many different directions, you know, so I have to make sure that it's going to go in an appropriate manner. Oh, okay. Okay. So this is like a self-preservation strategy. This makes sense because I was like, what notes does she have? Are they color coded? What happens if we go, you know, off script? Is there, you know, a different line that, that, that will, will travel down at that path? Uh, I, I'm so excited to see where your notes lead tonight for sure. So uh, I'm going to open up my beverage. I haven't even cracked it. I brought a uh, local beer tonight. I brought a local beer, Munkle Brewing Company. I brought Monk Pills, Pilsner. This is a downtown Charleston brewery that specializes in Belgian, Belgian style ales. And I'm going to get my first uh, like can cracking audio here. Get ready. Ooh. <laughs> so I is that is it dark? Is that a dark beer? Mm-mm. No, a Pilsner is like a light, crisp, um dry beverage. Uh yeah, it's it's a really easy drinker. They're usually kind yeah. of lower alcohol, like five percent, five and a half percent, but super, super nice for um, well, to be honest with you, for tossing a few back. <laughs> they it's it's really good and I, it's very hard it seems to make a really high quality pilsner uh a lot of places have tried and have failed but this one i will endorse until the cows come home it is absolutely stellar it is everything a pilsner should be so i uh just located a can in the back of my fridge not that it's super old because it's one of those beers that you really shouldn't let sit around but if you know me, beer doesn't last long in my fridge anyway, so you know it's not old. Um, but yeah, I was super excited to see this just kicking around back there. So I grabbed it and came up to record with you. So yeah, what do I, you have tonight? Definitely have to try that. I have something that is new to me. Maybe it's new to them, newer. Okay. Um, but this is from Wild Leap. Have you heard of them? Mm-mm. So they're actual, actually, they're a brute but they have started making a premium vodka cocktail (laughs) right in a can it's nice it's not your lovely five percent it is a whopping ten percent there we go wild leap a premium vodka cocktail strawberry mango look at that wow so they make different flavors so just in case you're curious these do have to be bought at the liquor store, mm-hmm. even though made by a brewery. Um, 
and they have multiple different flavors. So the flavors that I have in my fridge currently is <laughs> this one. <laughs> and then I believe if I'm not mistaken, it's a margarita mojito. Oh, I need that in my life. I need oh, a full, yeah. I have, you've had these before, so you know that this is good stuff. Okay. Well, I'm going, I'm going to the store very soon sometime this week to uh, stock up on those because those look delicious. They sound delicious. We literally, my husband and I were just talking about how hard it is to find uh, canned cocktails down here in Charleston. In New York, you can't turn around without running into a new six pack of, of canned cocktails or a four pack or whatever. And they just aren't as available here so far. Um, so yeah, that's really funny. Uh, it's National Mai Tai Day, and I don't have the ingredients to make a Mai Tai, but there is uh, sweet water, still water, and I have to double check on the name of it. Um, but there is a canned Mai Tai cocktail, Cutwater Spirits, that's what it is. Cutwater Spirits Mai Tai canned cocktail is to die for. And so the husband has the little out right now when I said, hey, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It is National Mai Tai Day, and if you wanted to go hunt for these so we could celebrate later, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> I happen to know that there's a Costco liquor by your house. They would have the ingredients for that Mai Tai. <laughs> you would think so. You would think so. You would think so. I went on an amazing tiki journey last year, uh, but our friends in New York, uh, shout out to Trick and Elky. Uh, it was last year and kind of the year before we went through page by page on a uh, tiki cocktail history book mm -hmm. and there were a ton of recipes in there and we had such a great time creating all of these wonderful cocktails and uh, I think it's time to bring the tiki bar to Charleston. I think we need to restock. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think we could have, you know, another themed party. You were here for the tie dye party of 2022. Of Might course. have to do a tiki, maybe winter. We, we called it winter of tiki when we went through the book. So maybe this is winter of tiki Southern edition. Could right. It's well, since it's still in the seventies in December. <laughs> well, <laughs> here's the thing about tiki drinks. If you're going to stock a bar with it, you're going to need to dedicate like an entire adult paycheck to stocking a tiki bar. It is not cheap at all. We no. very, very, very quickly discovered that when we went down this, uh, this rabbit hole of tiki drinks, but, uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm going to get this party started. I could catch up with you all day. It's been a little too long since we've gotten together. So round one, who are you? All right. <laughs> who are you and what three words would you use to describe yourself? I know, you know, because I'm sure they're on your paper. Oh, they are on my paper. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. They are. Mm -hmm. um, well, I am Rachel Little. Um, I guess, first of all, I'm a wife and a mom, right? That's ever, that's the generic. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> that's the generic. The safe answer. answers. Sure. Yeah, those are the safe ones. Um you know, I would like to think that I am just a fun-loving person who is out there living life as a normal person, like literally <laughs> just blue-collar, if you will, work every day, um, spending time with my friends, my family, uh, trying to enjoy the moments that count, right? Absolutely. You know, that's, that's what uh, matters most. So, you know, just making it happen. Make it and, happen you and you do. And you do. So Rachel and I met because uh, through Facebook on a group 
for people basically who are moving to Charleston. And we hit it off from the first message. And if I had to give you words to describe yourself, I would say you are just absolutely addicting because you're so much fun. You are always positive. You always have a smile on your face. You're always ready to go out and have a great time and let, you know, water off a duck's back. Something happens, roll with it. And it's, it's, you're addictingly positive. It's wonderful. So I'm so glad that we've had the opportunity to cross paths. Me too. And I will take that. Like I will take that um, positivity because, you know, I really do try, like I try in my personal life, my work life, my coworkers, I literally just try to keep positive and always try and find that a little bit of the silver lining. Right. Right. You know, cause in any situation, there is something good that is going on. Right. So the three words, which I discussed with my husband. <laughs> okay. Okay. The notes have been previously viewed. All right. All right. Three words. Uh, my three descriptive words, if you will, is going to be either. Uh, so I think that motivated and passionate go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So I would say that, you know, that would be one category. Um, loving or caring, however you want to say it that way. Right. I would say I'm definitely a caring person. I care about people. I care about how they feel. Um, I want everyone to have a good time, that kind of thing. And I, I think I'm funny. I would say funny or quick witted, um, just a little bit of, you know, say something to make somebody laugh. Right. And so that, you know, that quick witted, or even if it's really dumb, right. (laughs) something really dumb that I've said, it will probably make you laugh. So those are my descriptive words of how I would describe myself. So I absolutely approve of those. Uh, And I will vouch for your funniness and your quick wittedness and, and your side commentary, which can put a smile on anybody's face, no matter what's going on 100%. And I'll go, all goes back to that positivity. And it's funny to hear that you work toward it because it looks so natural. It looks like you are just a naturally positive person. Uh, And maybe that's become true, but it sounds as if it's something that you've kind of worked on, like, or worked toward. Oh, for sure. I would say in my earlier days um, of life, a very young adult, oh, I I couldn't find the positive in, in anything, right? And so... I don't know. I just had a conversation with somebody one day and they're like, no, just try and find something good in every situation. And when I started doing that, I truly just felt better, right? Just overall, I felt better. My day seemed to go by a little bit better because I wasn't focusing always on what's going wrong. But, you know, if, if there is something going wrong, how do we make that better? Or what is the good in this bad? Because you know, yes, things that happen, but typically there's always something you can pull out of it, even if it's very minuscule, uh, minuscule, right? Super little. You just have to try and pull it out and, you know, go, go from there and make it a positive situation. So I've definitely worked at that, but so I'm glad it's working. It is. It totally <laughs> is. I think you would fool, you know, everybody to, to or, or anyone would be shocked to hear that you aren't a naturally positive person because 
it just exudes from you 100%. You are always positive. You are always smiling. You are always able to take a situation and just, just find, you know, it's silver lining, find its glow. I think that's one of the reasons we get along so well, because we don't let anything get us down. Um, and at the end of the day, if it, you know, gets a little squirrely out there, we pour a glass of wine and be like, you would not believe what happened today. (laughs) Doesn't rain on the beach. All right. We're going to get wet anyway. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) We're going to roll. It's no big deal. No big deal. (laughs) No matter where we are, we always have a good time. That's for sure. Make it happen. So you already told us what you are drinking. How would you describe it? Three words. I didn't actually write descriptive words. <laughs> Got you. So, so the mango, the strawberry mango one that I'm drinking. Yes, I, it's in a koozie. Um, a fruity, I would say refreshing on a hot summer day, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely beach, beach material. Okay. Um, and fun. It's fun. It's 10%. Of course it's fun. Oh, it's fun. If it's not fun in the beginning of it, it's going to be fun by the end of it. That's for sure. And I love that we talked briefly before we started recording. Rachel has brought a backup beverage (laughs) just in case, just in case this one played through. She was ready. That's how prepared for class she is, everyone. So kudos to you, Rachel. But never having tried this, I got to know, is it like juicy and thick or is it more like a seltzer like what kind of it's not a seltzer there's it's not it's not really bubbly at all uh it's more juicy right okay um okay definitely just think of like a mixed vodka drink with juice whatever juice you prefer right yeah so whether it's you know anything honestly because this it's super refreshing, super juicy. I think that our children would probably just think <laughs> it was juice because it does taste like juice. It is super sweet. So if you don't okay. like a sweet drink, you don't want it. It is sweet. Okay. But All right. Well, that sounds delicious. And I'm a hundred percent going to be buying them. So you'll see them at my house next time you're over. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> So uh, I guess that brings us to a spoiler on round three, which is where are you living now? Obviously near me, uh, but where have you lived before? Because I think we've danced on this question in, in the time we've known each other, but I don't know that I have a clear answer. So where are you living now? Where have you lived before? Okay. How long do we have? <laughs> I have lived so many places. So I'm going to do a very short condensed version. Okay. Um, I was born in a very small town called Mars, PA. Yes, your girl's from Mars. (laughs) That's correct. You heard it right. That's where I was born. Uh, Mars, PA is just north of Pittsburgh. Um, And then we lived there not even long enough for me to actually remember, right? I just have heard of where we lived and you know so, that kind of so you would say that Mars PA is is alien to you it is <laughs> it totally is. thank you yeah. everyone thank you the very first dad joke on the a toast and the tail podcast you heard it here Mars PA is alien to her there you go tell your friends uh and 
then from there, we kind of moved south of Pittsburgh a little bit. We lived in um, Library, PA. We've lived in South Park, PA. So that was always kind of fun. Remember when South Park came out, right? But that's South Park, Colorado, not Pennsylvania. And so everybody's like, is that Pennsylvania? No, there's snow. We don't get snow like that. There's snow, but not that much, right? Um, so my, to tell you why I moved so much, everybody goes, immediately they go, oh, are you an army brat? No, I'm a PK. <laughs> I'm sorry, you bless you. <laughs> a, a PK. If you don't know what a PK is, I am a pastor's kid or a preacher's kid. And so we moved about every one to three years. <laughs> um, from the time I turned eight when we left Pennsylvania. So I was in Pennsylvania till I was eight-ish. And then we went to West Virginia. I lived in many cities or there's not a whole lot of cities, right? But towns in West Virginia uh, based all the way around Charleston. So all the way out, if anybody listening knows anything about that area, all the way to like Hurricane, all the way to like Malden, um, actually went to high school or junior high with um, an NF an NFL player. I cannot think of what his name is right now. Maybe I'll think about it later, but that's okay. Um, and then from West Virginia, we moved to Southwest Virginia. And why do I emphasize that? Because it is an entirely different state than Virginia. If you've ever been there, it's, it's an entirely different area. <laughs> so it's really, I, there is so much that I didn't know about you and so many connections I'm making right now that are, are purely comical. And I don't know if other people will appreciate them or not, but one of the person I referenced in the beginning of this show, Trick and Elkie, our Tiki friends, uh, Trick's father is a pastor or whatever. And so we can relate on that level. And as far as West Virginia goes in my adult life, I actually bet that West Virginia wasn't real. I didn't know that it was its own state. I did, So here's the thing. I never learned the states. I am an adult. I am a grown person. I never learned the 50 states. We were supposed to do this massive unit on it in the fifth grade. It was a huge project. I went through, you know, a K through five school. We were so excited because there were these, uh, this painted map of the United States out on our playground. And in the fifth grade, everybody got assigned a state and it was going to be so cool and my social studies teacher went on maternity leave and we had a substitute from November through June because our teacher didn't come back and we were never taught the 50 states. So we never did that project. And throughout the rest of my education career, I just never had the cause to learn the 50 states. So here I am as an adult in my Oh, God, I don't even think I was in my 20s. I think I was in my 30s. And I bet my <laughs> my stepbrother, not stepbrother, I bet my brother-in-law, who is getting married this weekend, congratulations, Corey, uh, getting married this weekend that West Virginia wasn't real. And I obviously lost. <laughs> but you've actually, so you've even, not only is this a place on a map, you've actually been there and lived there. So it's real, real. <laughs> it's, it is definitely real, real, real. So we lived in three different towns in um, West Virginia, and then we lived in multiple places in Virginia, 
but Southwest Virginia. So down towards Tennessee, like the Virginia, like Bristol, Tennessee, like down in that, like Southwest Virginia, way down in that corner um, in the hills. Literally, that's where I finished middle school, which, you know, are very, very, you know, you know, impressionable years. That's seventh and eighth and ninth grade. So I spent seventh, uh, seventh, eighth and ninth grade in Southwest Virginia in an area called um, Glade Springs. I actually lived in a town and I will pronounce it the way they pronounce it. And then I'll pronounce it the way we would pronounce it. So they pronounce it Solville. It's actually Saltville, S-A-L-T-V-I-L-L. But if you live there, it's Solville. Okay. I had so no I, idea. Yep, I spent my first year of high school there in the hills. When I talk about rattlesnakes, lady, there were a ton of rattlesnakes in that valley. Uh, our neighbor used to like catch them, kill them and eat them. No, not raw. You. Apparently they're, <laughs> they're very good. <laughs> I, you know what? I think I watched that happen on YouTube once and the person eating it wasn't sure. And I'm even less sure about eating a rattlesnake. I guess prepared, right? I'll try anything once, but who I've never yeah. seen one. I don't want to see one. Rattlesnakes were like a regular thing for you. Yeah. I mean, somewhat. Yeah. As often as you see an alligator here. So that's been like twice since I moved here in April. So yeah. that's, but if you ask my parents there, you can't walk out your door without basically being attacked by one. It's, <laughs> it's what people believe when you're, when you're from, you know, New York state, upstate New York, basically the second that you hit North Carolina, you're just almost guaranteed to be eaten by an alligator. If you step foot outside of your door, right, uh, right. that's what I expected when I moved down here. It turns out I've seen two in five months or something like that. And that's because I was actively looking for them. So yeah. not if quite you, the uh, pandemic that I thought it was going to be. No, if you look around retaining ponds and stuff like that, that's where you typically see them. But then once they get to a certain size, they remove them and they put them out in the marsh somewhere. But from Southwest Virginia, back to this massive travel of my, what was my childhood, um, we moved to Roanoke, Virginia, which is fairly well known. Uh, that is where I graduated high school. That is where I learned to drive. That is where I had my first boyfriend, you know, so that is, you know, if you ask me where I'm from, I don't, I don't even know what to tell people to be honest, because I live so many different places. Yeah. I, I truly just don't know. I wouldn't so, know what to say either. You've been, have you ever counted to figure out how many places you've lived? At least 15 different places, at least. That's insane. It's it, insane. It truly is. You must be an expert mover. Do you have like a system? Do you ever truly unpack? I mean, that's a, that's a lot. I think that is why I'm able to unpack and pack so quickly. Because I'm just like, okay, I may not be here long. Let's get settled. Let's at least have some kind of normalcy for a little bit and then you know see what happens but yeah no it took me all over the place from Virginia to back to Pennsylvania for college to Florida back to Virginia to Colorado back to Virginia and now I live in South Carolina so this is where we have landed and we actually live 
about 35 minutes from you in good traffic. <laughs> in good traffic. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. And so we live in the suburbs of Charleston out in Ladson and we are loving it. We are absolutely loving it. So we've only been in our home for about two months and we've only been in South Carolina for about nine months. Oh, that's so awesome. And it does really, uh, you're absolutely right when you say that you can pack a house and unpack a house in zero time, because I still don't know how you managed to pack your last house so quickly. And then you moved and you were ready to host people within five or six hours of moving. You were already set up enough to have people over. And then your house was decorated three days later. I've been here for five months and you know how many boxes there are. I just need to set you free on this house. It's amazing. I I am still floored by the turnaround time that you demonstrated with your most recent move. It's just, I've never seen anything like it. And uh, it was, and I say host people like real silverware and real plates and cups, like actual, nothing plastic. She was ready. It was wild. So I'm impressed. It's a superpower now. Finding the positive. (laughs) There you go. That's right. That's right. So uh, what are you doing for work right now? So I, my official, I'll tell you what my official title is. My official title is uh, Atlantic Division Phlebotomy Trainer. I work for LabCorp and I am a flexible employee, meaning I have a physical office on site, but I do a lot of remote work. Uh, So I do a lot of work right here from this room. Um, Training new hires, um, process procedures, that kind of stuff. I am um, a phlebotomist by trade. I've been in medical field for like 22 years. Um, But this is now I get to teach people how to collect a, you know, a valid sample and to make sure that, you know, patients are getting the treatment and results that they need to make sure that their healthcare you know, is not, you know, no, no beats are skipped, right? The doctor gets good results. They can get the care, the medicine, the testing, everything they need, depending on those, you know, results. And so I do, I enjoy so much being able to, you know, the whole reason I got in the medical field was to help people, right? I wanted to help people. I wanted to, you know, do my part and finding my niche in the phlebotomy world um, you know, I, it was, it's a skill, right? Sometimes you get a good person who sticks you and sometimes you get somebody who isn't that great. Right. And so I wanted to be able to spread that, right. So that my knowledge can hit a larger base. And so that's why I wanted to go into the training department and train new hires. And when I say train new hires, everybody goes, Oh, so you teach people how to stick people with a needle? No, <laughs> no, no, uh-uh. they should, they, most all of our phlebotomists and all already know how to do that when we hire them. Right. So I'm teaching them process procedure, you know, making sure that they get the best sample for the test ordered. So that's what I'm doing. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I was going to ask you, but you've kind of t- talked about how it's skill. I was like, how did you decide you want to stick people with needles for the rest of your life? And did it start with voodoo? <laughs> It did not. I actually learned how to stick patients on a moving uh, vehicle, on an ambulance. So I actually started working um, 
through like county EMS services, fire rescue. And I learned how to stick patients in the back of an ambulance, in the back of a bus. So uh, when I first started like sticking people in an outpatient setting, they're like, oh, uh, you know, patients always ask, are you good? And I always told no, people, awful. we're not a moving vehicle. <laughs> we're not a man, we're not any kind of moving vehicle right now. There are no road bombs. As long as you, we'll be good. <laughs> we'll oh be my good. God. My target's not moving. So we're, we're all right. <laughs> that is, but, that's a great answer, honestly. And what made you get involved with that EMS and fire and what drove you? Do you have a lot of family or do, just a calling you felt? Yeah, no, no, I don't really have anybody else who has been, you know, in the medical field or doing EMS or anything like that. I would say it's a calling just in general, just to be able to help people, right? Um, I started as the first responder, right? Car accidents, fires, um, 911 calls to houses, you know, so on and so forth. And being able to assist and well, you know me well enough to know that I'm very, uh, I don't want to use the word nosy, but I like to know what happens after, right? <laughs> Everything intrigues me a little bit, right? So after we drop patients off at the ER, what happens next, right? What happens? What happens to these people? And so I ended up, you know, going through the processes and ended up working as a med tech in the emergency room for eight years. And then I'm like, so when you do that, you end up making friends with the physicians, the nurses, you know, all of the staff there. Phenomenal. That was in Charlottesville, uh, Virginia. And I love that hospital. That ER had so many great years there. Um, But the physicians there, I'm like, I know you went to medical school, right? You're a doctor. I know. But how do you know? <laughs> how do you know that's what's wrong with them? Like you, you're not an X-ray machine. How do you physically know? And they're like, all the answers are in the lab work. Like that's how we know. Uh... Everything is the check, right? Check and balance. That that is your check and balance for the physicians. Is the blood work? This is what I think is wrong. Let's get blood work to see if that's what's actually wrong. So. Um, I, you know, between the lab there in that hospital actually approached me and asked if I would do some like extra shifts doing like nursing home rounds and then bring those samples to the hospital to be ran before my regular shift. And I was like, yeah, sure. At the time of a single mom, I'll use the extra money. Right. So I ended up, I guess they, I impressed them, I guess, to some extent. And so they asked me to come into the laboratory full-time, um, and then through process, here I am Here Incredible. I am just in, in the lab world. Now, I guess I've been in the lab world, strictly the lab world, 11 years. Wow. Out of that. So yeah, that's where I'm at. And I, I love it. I absolutely love what I do. I get to travel for work. I get to go and, you know, I get to help. I get to help our new hires answer questions um, kind of be on call for them a little bit, like when they're on site and they can't get in touch with supervisor and they have a question on process or what do we do? They can call me. I answer, I walk them through a process and they've got their answer. I feel good because I got to help them. Right. So it's that immediate, uh, results part of that. 
this this position. So that's amazing. I had no idea any of this about you. So I'm enjoying learning so much about someone who I consider to know well. Uh, so I guess, I mean, you obviously love your job, which is amazing because you're fulfilling fulfilled in that area. But if you could do anything else, what would it be? If anything, if it'd be different. I'm going to blow your mind here. <laughs> I'm so ready. I always wanted to be a flight attendant. I, I like, I love flying. Okay. I always wanted to be a flight attendant, but at this age, I don't want to be a flight attendant. Okay. But what I would like to do, I would like to travel and, and blog. I would love to do that. Like if, if anyone out there wants somebody, somebody to sponsor me, right. And I'll travel and do video blogs or write, like just write a blog and about my experiences and everything that's going on. I would totally be down with that. I would love to travel. I would love to see and experience new things, new cultures, new environments, all about learning. Oh, I would love it. I can totally see you as a, a flight attendant or a travel blogger. And that fits that fits you so well. I w- yeah. Oh, there you go. Listening network. If someone needs a travel blogger, <laughs> we've got your girl. She would be amazing at it. She'd be so positive about everything. Everyone would love it. Hire her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you look at these people who are on, you know, they have videos or, you know, they're on their TikToks doing it or, you know, whatever social media platform that they're on and just the experiences that they get right to the food, the different uh, cultures that they get to experience. I would be so immersed in that. Like my husband would be like, are you, are you coming home? This <laughs> Like when are you coming home? I yeah. promise I will. Um, as soon as we're done with this function. <laughs> right. So do you get to experience any of that while you're traveling with the work that you're you're doing? I mean, obviously not immersive in culture, but do you at least get to scratch that itch a little bit for Because you did mention that you travel for work. Yeah. I mean, yes, I would say yes, a little bit. I mean, because they're, um, you know, I haven't been in this particular position. Um, it's been almost a year. And so I've traveled a little bit here and there. Um, but yeah, when we, when I do go out of town, they do provide, um, you know, we're usually staying overnight, right? So business hours are typically anywhere from seven to 7am to 6pm, depending like an eight hour shift. And, you know, so I have the evenings or if I'm there over a weekend, I have the entire weekend to go and explore wherever I am. And luckily most of the time when we do travel like that, we travel the whole training team. And so I have some buddies to go do that exploring with. So um, when we, when I went to Greenville for a week, um, my partner and I, we kind of just explored downtown and went and did this and did that and tried new restaurants. And it was just so much fun. That part of the socialization, I will say being a remote employee, that is the one thing I miss that the socialization of being in an office, right? Uh, yeah, there are perks to working at home, but I do miss people. <laughs> Absolutely. And I don't think, cause I, I, I'm also a remote worker and, you know, this is part of what started this podcast is I don't think you realize how much you miss people until you have really been out of the game for a while. And you realize, wow, it's just not that, that piece doesn't happen anywhere. And, you know, you try to recreate it in a remote climate and you can to some degree, 
but there's nothing yeah. like being in it. You know what I mean? All in it together or traveling with somebody or whatever, but uh, that's awesome. I'm glad you get to at least uh, practice your travel blogging while you're doing your lab core stuff. So that's what you just got to start doing, you know, do your little write-ups after hours and uh, get found. Yeah. I'm going to have to start. Um, I'm going to have to start blogging while I'm out and just put it out there. That way I've, I can add stuff to my, um, my resume, right? Absolutely. I see you grabbing your pen and paper right now. I hope you're taking notes because I know you're traveling coming up. So uh, go ahead and write yourself a note on yeah, that. Yeah, Start yeah. vlogging. <laughs> I'll help you with editing. <laughs> I'll be your first like, I promise. I'll even share your content. <laughs> Perfect. I, awesome. I, will, I will need a huge support system when it comes to that because I don't know how to do any of that stuff. Of course, I would learn, but you've I got have this. no idea. You've got this. I believe in you already. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move to our uh, round five. How about a high point in your life or something you are personally proud of? So the next, the next two rounds I kind of struggled with, and I know that sounds maybe a little cliche, but I am my own worst critic Mm -hmm. to like, without a doubt. And to say like what my high point is or what I'm most proud about I don't know, as positive as I am with everyone else, everything about me is usually negative, right? Oh, and I feel so, this. Uh, it, is, it is a super hard thing for me to kind of narrow down, but I wrote notes and I did come up with something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I can't wait to hear it. I can't wait to hear it. What is your high point, Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I would say right now, my life right now is my high point. And I mean, I guess that's just to show everything that I've worked through, right? All of the things that I've been through to work, to get to where I am, to feel secure, right? To feel secure in my job, my relationship, my, uh, you know, financial life, my just life in general, that feeling of security, I don't think that I have felt this before. And so this is probably my high point. Like I, when we closed on this house and yes, this, this is not our first house that we've owned, but something about being here. And when I moved here, I moved for a promotion and like, this is, it was like, kind of like an aha moment. Right. I was like, we did this, right. We did this. We made this happen. And so that is probably the proudest that I've ever felt That's about awesome. anything that I did. Yeah. Well, you worked hard for it. Not only were you moving yeah. for a promotion, but it was to a brand new space. You know, you're buying, you know, a house in, in what was kind of then a foreign land, you know, you're, you're moving your daughter, uh, so much going on and, that's wonderful. I'm happy that you're happy. That's huge. Yeah, That's yeah. huge. It's so it's so good to be part of your high point. <laughs> I mean, and that has a lot to do with it too. I mean, it, when you go to a new place and you don't make or create a friend base, a circle, right? Yes, my husband is my backbone. He is my soulmate. I don't know what I would do without him. But there are times where you need to have a girlfriend that you can talk to escape, go do something else. Because anything that I talk to my husband about, we have the same home life. Right. 
And so it brings a different perspective when you can have that, that friend base that we have created with you and your family and, you know, the circle that we have made. And then, you know, I have some other family who is in the area that, you know, there are, there are times where my husband and I were like, we wouldn't have made it. We would not have made it without our base. Right. You need it. You do. That was one of the biggest apprehensions we had about moving was we had a, a wonderful friend network up in New York. And we said, how are we going to survive? Can we build something like this again? And we did. And, you know, you were a huge part of that. And, you know, it's made even more beautiful by the fact that our daughters, uh, you know, look like actual sisters. And anytime we go out, everyone assumes that they're cousins or something like that, but they hit it right off and they fight like sisters. And they are, uh, you know, both the only children of ours in their age range. And that's it. Like they, they are each other's sister. And, you know, we still have this bet going on, you know, who draws first blood. It's probably my kid. She's a bit of a biter, Uh, but still, (laughs) but still it hasn't happened yet. So (laughs) no, it has not. Um, I do agree. It probably will. And that is fine. Probably. I mean, even in, you know, you know, Nora's going to be two in two weeks, but you know, and Ellie's going to be three in a couple of months. I'm going to tell you something. Every time I, I, I told you before, but every time I take her to daycare, every single time we pull out at the light to turn onto the main road, to leave, to go anywhere. She always, points and she goes, Oh, that way we go to school. Yes, Ellie. That's the way we go to school. Oh, Kyle Marissa lived that way. <laughs> like I love she that. knows it's the complete opposite direction. But every single time, every time she um loves to see her her network also mm-hmm. and to see them light up when they see each other in a store when we meet out and they get so excited and then we ask them to take a picture together and you forget it. You would have like we asked them to stand <laughs> in traffic or something because forget it no Um, someday we'll get the perfect portrait of them next to each other I don't know what kind of bribery it will take but darn it someday by the time they're 10 (laughs) it is super ironic how much they do look like siblings though like their hair color is almost to a t um and it's a it's a rare hair color it is it is (laughs) and it's not like all of us look like them I mean (laughs) It's so weird, but they were obviously meant to find each other. And that's, that's just lovely to me. So uh, it's, it's a a way I get Nora out of bed. You want to go see Ellie? You want to go see her? And she's like, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she's gone. So it's, uh, it's fantastic. And it's, it's very magical. So we are so thrilled to be part of your high point, but now I'm desperate to know round six, what is a challenge you have overcome? Well, as any parent will tell you that there is challenges every single day, every day. Absolutely. But I will say the largest and most challenging challenge that I have ever had to go through. And I don't, I I wouldn't say that I'm still going through it. I would say that I've definitely overcome that portion. Um, But being a single parent for nearly 14 years um, is was challenging. 
it was challenging for many, many reasons, right? Uh, so just a little history on that. My, I got divorced when my oldest was 10 months old. Um, I ended up having to move back home, suck your pride up at, Mm -hmm. you know, how old was I? 25. Suck your pride up, move back in with mom and dad with a 14 month old. Like at the time I was just like, Oh, I don't know what to do or where to go. Um, so of course my parents, open their arms in their home. And, you know, we went and moved in with them and, you know, really just trying to find my feet, trying to find the ground so that I could stand and be able to support her and, um, you know, multiple jobs at one time, you know, working night shift to alleviate, you know, daycare, so to speak. My, my mother ended up being uh, my eldest kind of like her second parent, right? Um, so for unfortunate reasons, my oldest daughter's father was not active in her life. Um, she can count on one hand the number of times she has actually seen him in her lifetime. And that is sad to me. And, you know, so my mom kind of filled that in and she's the one that did, you know, a lot of stuff, Right school registrations while I was working and, you know, being that parent that I couldn't be because I had to financially be. Right. And so after my mom passed, when she was five, Mm. that was probably the, the absolute tip top hardest point because now I'm truly a single parent because I don't have help on any level. Right. Right. Um, my mom, who was always a stay at home mom was helping me and now she's gone. And so now it's me and Brandy, that's it. And it, you know, I do think that that made Brandy and I much closer, you know, as a mother daughter relationship, but it also caused a lot of issues, right? I think that I, as a parent, I wish that I could have hid things a little bit more, I was too transparent with her because I was young. I was literally losing my mind, right? I was freaking out, you know, and just recently, for those of you who don't know, my eldest will be 18. I a week and a half, two weeks, but which makes me have to like take a big deep breath in, (laughs) but I mean, she said, mom, like, I can remember you making me food and literally watching me eat because we only had enough for one of us to eat. And you just made sure I always had what I needed to have. And so knowing all of those hard times that we, that we went through and she saw it, right. She, the transparency was there, whether that was good or not, it was there. Um, And so sometimes now I, you know, when I did find my current husband, when she was, um, she was 10 years old, but she was 15 when we married, nope, 14 when we married. So I kind of, at that point, wish that I wasn't because then it was too hard to switch from friend to parent. And I know that sounds horrible, but because it was just her and I, we were the only thing consistent in each other's life. That was it. 
It was well, me. you had to make it work. You know what I right. mean? Hindsight is twenty twenty or whatever, but yeah, you got to make it work. You got to survive. And, and it sounds like you did an incredible amount to make sure she got her needs met. And I mean, I've met her. I absolutely adore her. She's the first <laughs> ch- person who I've left for, uh, you know, aside from family members, the first person who's babysat my child that wasn't like incredibly close family or friends. And we were gone for hours. We saw a full movie and we went out afterward. You know, she, you've obviously raised a a well-rounded girl and she had two toddlers that she was, you know, she kept alive and fed and did a wonderful job with. So you kudos to you, mom, you know, we all wish we could have done something different. Yeah. Yeah. But I thank you very much. And you're right. You are so right. She is an, um, she has turned out to be an amazing young lady. Um, She is off doing her own thing. Uh, She actually lives out in Missouri and um, no matter what she goes through, she keeps her, uh, her head pointed towards the path of where she wants to be. And you know, yeah, that's what moms are for. You call, you complain, you you vent, you, you know, say all the bad things and then you go, okay, I got to do this. And all right. (laughs) And then you go and do it, but you know, and that's what I'm here for. And she uses, and I love that we have this, you know, awesome relationship now. And, um, I am very proud of her. I am glad that we have the relationship that we have. And if we didn't, if things were different, maybe we wouldn't have this relationship. So like, I don't want to change it, but it was definitely being a single parent and really trying to raise a young lady in today's world, Mm -hmm. hands down the hardest thing ever. And what advice would you share for, you know, parents who are, are tackling that right now, especially, you know, unexpected or, you know, I mean, you didn't, you didn't expect to have a 10 month old suddenly on your own. Uh, What, what advice would you give to parents since you've lived through it? or newly single parents? I'm going to follow your gut. Mothers always know. And I, I had somebody who caught, who was a friend of mine who said, I don't know what you mean. I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't have that motherly instinct. No idea. And I said, listen, it's there. Just follow your roots, go with what your gut is telling you and go back to the basics, Right. If you are questioning whether or not they should go to this party or you should let them spend the night somewhere or, you know, you find yourself in a situation where you didn't think you'd be, follow your gut. That is all my gut never let me like led me astray ever. I was able to find her, help her, whatever the situation, get her on the right track or help get her on the right track. Because as a young lady, it's obviously their decision, right? Right. On what they're going to actually do. You just want to do everything to promote the right path. Um, and it may have taken some time, but she's on the right path now. So I am, I am proud of that. Um, and if you end up single in a 10 month old and trying to do it on your own, don't be afraid to cry. (laughs) Absolutely. Don't be afraid to cry. Don't be afraid to show your emotions, right? And don't be afraid to ask for help. If you need help, ask for help. I was too proud. And looking back on it, 
if I would have just maybe taken advantage of some of the things that were available to me or asked for help when I truly needed it, um, I, I would have been helped, but I was too proud. And so try to let that go. Yeah, absolutely. That's great advice. There's a ton of nuggets in what you just said, a hundred percent. And I, I hope this reaches ears that need to hear it for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, as, as a friend, kudos to you because you really have done an amazing job. And I am sure that it was just overwhelmingly challenged for right. days, on, <laughs> did challenging for days on end and just all of my admirate, ad, admiration to you for sure. Oh, well, thank you so much. Um, it, it's, it's been quite the journey. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Quite the journey. And now you're ready to, well, not do it again, but you're ready to raise a second daughter. <laughs> oh, we're never doing that again. I'm going to do that solely with my amazing husband. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, when we got married, I said, you know, the only way out of this is one of us is going to be in a body bag, right? That's the, <laughs> like, that's the only way. Not by murder. No. (laughs) It's nice that you specified that though, because some people could be like, oh, all right. (laughs) But you know, you set your expectation. You are clear. I think that's very important. Very important. One One of the things my husband said to me when we got together, and I will never forget this. And he said, are you ready to follow me around and clean up after me? the rest of your life because he's that guy who does like a million projects and there's always stuff around or he'll leave the cabinet open. And I said, yes. And now there are times where he'll turn around and be like, you said you were ready when I'm after him about not, cha- not closing the cabinet or some trivial thing like that, but you got to set your expectation, right? <laughs> oh yeah. No, you gotta, you have to, you gotta set that bar, right? That's right. <laughs> Golly. Uh, how about round seven? What is something unexpected about you or that few people know about you? I've learned so much from you in the last, you know, hour-ish. Uh, what what else is there? I am so glad you were sitting down. <laughs> this oh, is boy. my favorite round. Are you ready? I'm so ready. So I actually can't even remember if I've told you this before, mm. but in high school, I took a private pilot's class and I have flown planes. No, you haven't. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> I That's did, really. my fact. I, yeah. have al- I have also flown airplanes. Get out of here. <laughs> I, that's so uncanny. That's so weird. That's my fact. When I use for an icebreaker, I'm like, did you know I've, I've flown airplanes? Yeah. And people are, people are always like, no, you're lying. Like, you know, it's like a two truths and a lie or something. I was like, you're lying. I was like, no, no, I have piloted an airplane before. You have piloted airplane. You took classes and coursework. Do you have your private pilot's license or? Well, not, what? not, not anymore. I mean, it's yeah. well been inspired, right? Um, I will tell my age. I graduated high school in 1998. Uh, so that was many years ago. And anybody who knows anything about aviation, those don't last that long. (laughs) That is true. And it's expensive to renew. (laughs) It is. And I don't have airplane money. So I would always have to be able to rent an aircraft to be able to fly anyway. 
Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there actually is a neighborhood in Mount Pleasant that I drove to buy something off of Facebook Marketplace. They have their own airport. What? They have their own like runway, like their their own landing strip. That I was like, who lives here? I need to find out what that is. We have so. Wow, this again, this is some weird small world stuff. Like I I you know I don't believe in coincidence and all that kind of stuff. So the uh like pastor preacher's son that I was talking about currently uh, working on his private pilot's license. Uh <laughs> working on his instrument rating right now, I believe is the status that he's at, but he says I'm not moving down to South Carolina unless you can find some place for me to live with a landing strip. And you're telling me 20 minutes from my house. It might be a little further, but yes, okay. yeah, it's probably like 30. Holy cow. Like that, uh, we're talking after the show and finding this, this landing strip neighborhood. That's hysterical. <laughs> you two need to meet. Holy cow. It's getting weird over here. <laughs> that's well, awesome. that's, that's great. Did you, have you soloed? Have you, you know, flown? So in, yeah. In high country, school. All that. Yeah. No, we, like I soloed statewide in Virginia. Um, it is just an amazing feeling as you can't describe to anybody, right. Until you're actually doing it. Um, but it is definitely an amazing feeling and probably why I initially was like, Oh, I can't afford to be like, I can't do this. Like, but I'll be, I'll be a flight attendant. Like somebody pay me to travel and fly on airplanes all day. I love that feeling. Right. And then Lost came out and I was like, no. <laughs> now I can't deal with airplanes. Yep. <laughs> World shattering right there for sure. Wow. That's so crazy. That yeah. is an unexpected fact. So there many levels go. unexpected for me, but that's really cool. Have you ever thought about going back to it or just you're waiting for, you know, the cash cow to roll in? <clears throat> no, I've never really considered going back to it um, or even... <sighs> I am sure things are way different now than what mm-hmm. they were then. Um, I mean, cause gosh, what was that? 24 years ago, 25 years ago when I was actually doing it, like, I'm sure. Yes. The gauges are going to go up. Right. Yeah. Right. But I'm sure that there are different things, different um, uh, updated, you know, functions for flying. And I just couldn't even, it would be, I would have to start all over. I, like yeah. literally start all over. Um, but I don't, I don't think that that's where my, you know, I love to fly, but I don't think that's where my, my passion is at all. Yeah. Put me on an airplane. I don't care what size the airplane is. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't, I don't scare. I love to fly. Um, I would jump out of an airplane. If you gave me a parachute, I absolutely would. It's probably something I would enjoy doing. You want to do that with me one day? You know, I do. I really do want to do that with you someday. (laughs) I do hundred percent. It's on my list. It's on my list. I'll do it with you. I'll do it with you. I'll probably get really nervous when we're up there, but I'll still do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll be tandem. Somebody. Perfect. Perfect. Now I want like a squirrel suit. That'd be super fun. All right. Goals, goals. Let's put it on the five-year plan. Yeah. You've got your pen and paper. Are you taking notes? Yeah. (laughs) 
I got a whole notebook down here. We're good. We're perfect. We're in good shape then. So uh, aside from, you know, bungee jumping or skydiving or, you know, renewing a pilot's license, holy cow, uh, something you wish you had more time for. So, and this now won't come to uh, be a big surprise for you, but travel. I wish I could travel so much more, but I don't just want to travel independently. I want to be able to travel and experience these things with my family, with my children, with my husband, with my friends. I want to go do these, you know, do trips and make memories and just see different things. There are so many things even here, right? We're both new to South Carolina and there's a ton of stuff here that we could go and explore and you know, so when I say travel, it doesn't have to be over the ocean, right? Yes, that would be amazing. So my, uh, you know, I have some Irish and Scottish blood in me, and I would love to go to Ireland. I would love to go to Ireland. I would love to go to Scotland and do like, they have like Scottish pub tours where they literally, you have like a driver who takes you through all these small little towns in Scotland through all the pubs. I'm, I'm sold. Down. Are you booking the tickets? Like we can do that tonight. I am, I am all in cash. My chips I want, in. Like, that'd be so fun. That would yeah. be super fun. All right. All right. I didn't, I've never heard about this. Now we have to make it happen. That would be great. We'll, uh, we'll record a follow up, a follow up episode while we're there. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you know that in Scotland you can rent these castles on the ledges and stuff and then less than a million dollars a night yeah yeah no idea yeah for sure they're like like verbos (laughs) you just rent them well i'd like to airbnb my castle please just you know do they have a keypad entry or what's the cleaning fee look like yeah no i don't i totally want to do that i didn't know you could get a castle i am behind the times i need to stay in a castle that's that's I really need to do that. Our daughters need to stay in a castle. True fact. Yes. Okay. Well, on the list it goes. On the list. (laughs) (laughs) Making a note. Making. We're going to have a very long list by the end of this episode. That's perfect. So yeah, travel, vlogging. That's good. Well, you're going to get your feet wet, and you know, with 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 vlogging, your adventures coming up in the next couple weeks, and you know, maybe then you're going to find your fame, which will source some income to go stay in castles. This is perfect. Right. There's a lot, a lot coming out of this episode for sure. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> things you would have never known. No, not at all. So how about a theme song? Do you have one? You know, I do. <laughs> I never for a second doubted that you would have one, <laughs> but what is it? I'm almost scared to ask. So I do toggle back and forth. So let's just say when I need to feel, you know, feel encouraged and I am going to do this. It doesn't even matter. Um, There are a couple, there are two. Okay. So the first one that I will mention is obviously Skyscraper by Demi Lovato. Okay. Okay. That one I resonates like that. pretty, mm-hmm. pretty deep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one is, is true. I do it. It's on my Spotify. I can show you to prove it, but watch me shine. Do you know this song? I don't think I do. I'm legally blonde. <laughs> <laughs> 
now that you give me some context, actually, I do know what song you're talking about. It's jo- Joanna Pasidi. Pe- Pe- oh, I'm not good with names. Yeah. Uh, no, me neither. Sorry. I'm sure I just butchered it. So I'll apologize to her now. <laughs> Watch me shine. Oh, those are great theme songs. Do you care to sing either of them? Uh, no, that, no, that, no, absolutely not. No. We, we want to make people laugh, not cry. And oh, so... <laughs> now I understand. Now I understand. You didn't pick a sad song. <laughs> no, they weren't. But if they heard me sing, they would cry. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think those are great choices and totally uh, embody who you are. And they are, they're, they're really great. I'm going to listen to them both when I hang up today. Uh, oh, yeah, so they're, they're, yeah, they're anthony. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. How about round 10? Ask me anything. I know you've given this a lot of thought. I know this is like the reason behind your pad of paper tonight. <laughs> It truly is. It truly is. So, and I love that you even know that. So my question is to you first, before I know which question, do you want fun or potentially fun with a touch of serious? (laughs) Bum, bum, bum. Are they two separate questions? Yes, they are. Well, now I need to know both of them. So pick one and then give me the other. I'll answer two questions for you tonight. (laughs) Okay. So the first one is, if you won $25 million tomorrow, what would you spend it on? Oh, I love that your backdrop sparkles. It does. Of course it does. Yes, of course it does. Of course it does. (laughs) Uh, if I won $25 million tomorrow, I would take this group of friends here, our close group of friends in New York and some family members on an epic trip to somewhere far away. In a castle? Maybe a castle. I'd have to look at the weather because I don't want us to get cold, but it would be unlike any adventure anybody in that group had ever taken. Uh, As much as I would love to be responsible and save money and all of that kind of stuff, it's $25 million. I can spend, you know, half of that on an epic, epic adventure for everybody because I think so many people need it right now. There's been a lot of stress just going around. And I think that would be amazing. I don't know. Maybe the Galapagos Islands. Could I? Yes. Have you seen me drink? (laughs) (laughs) This is an all-inclusive, honey. Okay. Everyone gets their own rooms. There'll be obviously some coordinated photos of with outfits, you know, wherever we go. Could I spend that money? I absolutely could. There would be many wonderful experiences built into this trip. I'm not saying I'm striving to spend half of my 25 mil, but I don't think I'd be sad if I spent it either. I don't think it would be impossible. It could be a lot of fun. I think that that includes a personal chartered airplane. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, yeah, with with bar service and child Tell your friend that we'll (laughs) have to pick everyone up on his runway. There we go. Mount Pleasant. (laughs) This is a plan coming together. Absolutely. Great. Now we just have to figure out where we all want to go. I'm thinking probably like... By the time we're done, head count of 
25, 30 people probably. So we're going to need a nice big plane. Yeah. It'll be a good time. We're going to run up quite the tab. So I got to start playing the lottery or something so I can make this happen. <laughs> uh, it would be a good time. It would. It be would. So I, would how go, about- I think I would go anywhere with you. If you said, hey, we're going here. Do you want to go? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> it, it wouldn't even matter where we were going. I would go. We would have a good time. I know we, we would. would. Oh, that's really sweet. That means a lot. I do love to travel and I do love to just go experience new places, much like you with, with, you know, people you care about and, and have your adventure and take a million pictures along the way and, and talk about it for forever more. So uh, that means a lot. I'm so glad that, that, you know, we, uh, we have that relationship where you can just be like, ah, that's where we're going. And I, I think I knew that a little bit from just planning any day trip or whatever with you, because you're like, yeah, all right, cool. That's cool. That's great. Let's do it. <laughs> and we always have a good time. We so do. what was, what was the other question? You can opt not to answer. This. No, I'm going to do it. I said I would, I'm not going back on it. Go for it. If there was a book written about you, what would the title be? If the author was your worst enemy oh wow that's good Uh, I don't even know what I would answer I have no idea uh I actually think I'm well because it's 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 perception right so it's 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 your worst enemy so I'm not saying that there's any truth to the matter but I do know the perception of a person or two who may consider me their worst enemy. And so I think it would be something like man stealing hoe. <laughs> if I had to, you know, make a guess, maybe add a couple expletives in there, but I think it would be something along those lines. And then uh, I don't really know how that book would develop. <laughs> so with that title, I would just like to say if any of those potential who maybe still might be a worst enemy, you can't steal someone's man. You never had them. <laughs> I've thought about this for a very long time. And I asked, I asked Taylor the same question. I, and he was like, I don't think I have any enemies. And I was like, what? Well, then that's the name None? of the <laughs> And he's like, no, I don't think so. And I was like, well, I don't think I have any like current enemies, right? But I can think of one person who probably despises me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the title of that book is probably not appropriate. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, there's probably a couple of people that might have me on their list. And I'd have to think of what their title was. We'll just BSB, Baby Snatcher Bitch. <laughs> You know, I'd read that. I'd read that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty cool. I'd read your book. I'd re- I would. I'd read the book. No, I'd read. The book. I read. I would read yours too. <laughs> All right, I got to reach out to our enemies and see what they're doing. Maybe they want to write a quick little graphic novel or something. Could be fun. <laughs> At least so, one chapter. Give us one chapter. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> be fine with that. So long as your feelings in a chapter go. I'll do a dramatic read aloud on uh, the next A Toast and a Tale. <laughs> oh, 
gosh. I'm going to tune in for that. Yeah, absolutely. We'll both be drinking wine there and I'll have the Kleenex ready. Uh, So how about on tap? What are you working on right now? Or where can people find you on social media if you wish to share? Um, So I guess I'm not a very big person on social media. I Mm -hmm. like to watch all the social media. I guess I don't have enough backbone to actually make the social media, like Mm -hmm. to make the videos, clips, the whatever. Uh, But of course I'm on Facebook, you know, Rachel Little. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also on Instagram and it's at Rachel Newlit. If anybody didn't know that. Oh, Rachel dropping some knowledge. Yeah. but yeah, I, I'm 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 all, I'm all over the place out there. Yeah, I have a TikTok. I'm I'm around. I try. I I love to watch a TikTok. And <laughs> yes, Lord knows, I want to try all of them. I want to try all of them. I Before don't I move if- down, you did ask me if I would ever do a TikTok dance video with you, and I have not forgotten that I owe you that. So it it just we just need to do it. Yeah. We need to commit one night and be like, that's it. Let's pick whatever the rage is. I know there have been a couple of good ones going around. We just got to oh, get are. on it. Mm-hmm. You there pick one, are. you pick one and we'll make it happen. <laughs> have you seen these videos? You and I can't do it. I don't think either one of us is strong enough. I'm way too big of a person to do this <laughs> with anyone else than someone who can bench like 250. But anyway, oh, have you seen these? We're like, the men are flipping these women upside down and then oh, like, yeah. what? Oh yeah. I, I follow an account dude dad and he is always does them with his wife. And I look at them and like, she just had a baby, not even that long ago. And she's already a twig again. And they're just doing these acrobatics. I was like, I have never done acrobatics like that. And I'm so amazed by these people who can just seemingly pull it off without any effort at all. I know I have the, I have a very small urge in my body that I need to be flipped around like that. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not pressing. That's for sure. I definitely don't feel the need to um, need to go out there and get flipped around by any means. <laughs> not at all. If you know me at all in my coordination level, it's going to go horribly poorly and I'm going to end up in a neck brace if anyone tries to flip me. <laughs> So uh, then we're at happy hour. So here's your self-promotion and passion time. Speak to something you want to spread the word about. So I guess we'll stay in line with most of the things that where everything kind of went to. But, you know, I was born in 1980 and the world today is a different world than what I grew up in. And there is so much hate and anger and just, just, just ugliness, right? In this world, you know, I just wish that everyone would be kind, be kind, do something nice for someone, you know, make a difference in someone else's life. It, you could not even have to spend any money. You don't have to say any words. Sometimes a simple smile passing a stranger will make their day. So literally just being able to be a little bit of light in someone else's world that may be super dark 
right? And we don't know. But just being able to kind of spread that positivity um, and 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 happiness, and and if it means, hey, um, I'm really hungry. I haven't had a meal in the last two days. You know what? Come on in. If you can do it, if you're in a position to do it, let me buy you a meal. You know, let me do this. Let me do that. You know, do you need a ride somewhere? Yeah. Everybody goes, don't put, don't put strangers in your car. Right. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it by myself. If my, right. if my husband's with me and that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, yeah, sure. Like do something nice, be a difference for someone because it really is going to take our world and make it better for our children. Right. This next generation of kids that are growing up in a world that I don't recognize, I don't recognize it. And I, everybody says, you don't want to go back to the nineties. I mean, no, I don't want to go back to the nineties, but what I would like to do is be able to go outside of my home and say hello or wave to somebody and somebody waves back and not look at you. Without it being weird. Right, Mm -hmm. right. You know, and I told Taylor for the longest time, no guys, that's not where I moved. I would love to live in a town, not a city, a town um, such as Gilmore Girls or (laughs) where literally everyone knows everyone. Everyone waves, they say hello, and they just make people better. Be kind. Does that place exist anymore? That's my real question. You know, I hope it does. I hope it does. And it certainly can. Does that small town, everybody knows everybody, kindness exist anymore? I'm going to say yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And put that on our travel list. I'm going to say yes. And only because I I think that it's going to be hard to find in suburbia, right? Or in the city or in in, anywhere near a, a destination city. Like we, Charleston's a destination city. Half the people that you see, you don't know if they're on vacation or they live here, right? You have no idea. Um, But if you go, I don't know, Tennessee, I bet you we could find a hometown in Tennessee where everybody knows everybody. That's a good point. I bet we could. I bet we could. And I bet they have an Airbnb, maybe not in the shape of a castle, but. (laughs) Can we go when the bears are hibernating though? Because I hear that they're crazy there. I think this is the whole alligators in Charleston thing again, okay? I mean, if you ask anyone about upstate New York, everyone thinks there's a black bear knocking on your door every day. <laughs> I, there's there's just this crazy, you know, misconception about the animal prevalence that you run into in an area different than yours. And I, I, I don't know, but it cracks me up every time my parents are sending me something with an alligator at this point, I'm sending them back something with a black bear, like, you better watch out. I've never seen a black bear. I lived there for 30 something years, never once. But uh, that's what everyone down here believes is that not, you know, not everyone, but so many people down here like, oh yeah, you got real bears up there. It's like, do we, is that new? <laughs> so send your parents a picture. I don't know, a pair of alligator cowboy boots or an alligator hat and be like, this is the gator we found in our yard. <laughs> 
The news article that keeps getting sent to me today is all about this gentleman who has an emotional support alligator that he sleeps with at night. And it like turns its head to to ask for a kiss and stuff. I think its name is Jack. I don't know, but it's all over my news just today. And I'm looking for a link that you don't have to pay to read, to send to them. Be like, I'm going to get one of these. I can just go grab one from the pond, right? (laughs) Well, we are at the top of our time together, the end of our time together. And I have written possibly the worst rhyme I have ever written to share with you as a toast on my final sip of delicious monk pills, Pilsner. And you know what? I, I oftentimes I feel a little bit proud of the poems or like the, the, the crummy little rhymes that I come with on the show. This one is just pure embarrassment. So this, Rachel, is for you. I was so enthralled learning about you that this is, this is just all I've got, girl. Here we go. <clears throat> On my notepad. You're happy and fun and can always find the sun. I'm so glad our friendship has never been bland. And I can't wait to rest, to rent a castle in Scotland. <laughs> I love it. It's it's the worst ever. No, I love it. It's so it's, it's super appropriate. Well, I I would drink. I'll drink to that. Fantastic. <laughs> I think I would. Fantastic too. Well, cheers to you, Rachel. This has been so much fun tonight. I'm so glad that I was able to get to know a friend who I already considered to know well and learn all about your your spicy history. And uh, if your novel of From Your Enemies ever does come out, or if mine does, I'll be sure to do a read, <laughs> as promised. But until then, Airbnb, a castle, and like five other trips that we planned this time. So cheers to you. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to A Toast and a Tale. We are so glad you could join us for a drink. Tune in next week to hear the tale of another amazing guest. Interested in being on the show? Find at A Toast and a Tale on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on our website, www.atoastandatale.com, where you can also find past guest information, our merch shop, and more. Please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share on your favorite listening and social media platforms, and we'll be back next Friday. Until then, may your troubles be less, your blessings be more, and nothing but happiness come through your door. Cheers to you.